How many of you know that God is a God of vision? God gives vision. Now, you say, well, what do you mean exactly by vision? What I mean is God gives every person a purpose. You are a person of purpose. You're not accident. You're not an evolutionary uh, happening. But God designed you. And I want to say to the young people, God designed you. See, I think it's when you cease believing that God made you and made you for a purpose, you lose meaning to life. But God made you for a purpose. And you don't really live until you find that purpose and do it. Do you believe that's true? Now, today I want to talk to you about keeping your eye on the ball. Look at that. That's good. I want that to be a picture of our church. Swinging the bat and not striking out, but hitting it. And not just hitting it, but knocking it out of the field. Amen. Well, y'all are just kind of lackluster today. I want you to give me an amen. Amen. Now, let's try it one more time. Amen. Amen. You were out too late last night. All right. Let's, uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, share with you a little bit, and then I'm going to put a lot on the screen, and here's why. I want you to take notes, because I'm going to share with you what our vision is, this church, why we're here. So the Bible says in Matthew 16, verse 18, and that is not up there, so I'm going to read it to you. Matthew 16, verse 18, now I say to you, That you are Peter, Jesus talking to Simon Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And all the powers of hell, catch this, all the powers of hell will not conquer you. When hell gives it hell's best, hell will not win. Now in this passage... Jesus is introducing something that is really a brand new living organism that was never before seen on earth. And that new living, breathing organism is the church. The church is not an institution. The church is not a club. The church is not a social gathering. The church is a living, breathing, spiritual organism. All right, and Jesus said about this church, and there had not been a church when Jesus said this. The church was a brand new thing, and Jesus' church would be so mighty in God, he said that all the forces of hell would not be able to conquer it, subdue it, defeat it, wipe it out, erase it, take it down. So I want to tell you today, victory is on you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. And though you may be going through struggles, you have not been defeated. I'm going to tell you why. Because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And I want you to understand today that in you is the one who never quit, but the one who said, it is finished. And Jesus finished His calling. Now Jesus' church was born on the day of Pentecost. When the Spirit of God fell upon 120 disciples waiting in the upper room, the church was born when suddenly there was the sound of a rushing mighty wind that filled the house where they were. And all of a sudden, they had a vision, a visual, and the visual was 
tongues of holy fire resting on every head of every disciple, every one in that upper room. It was the holy fire that burned in the bush when Moses saw the bush that was on fire but was not consumed. That same fire, holy fire, spirit fire, rested on their head. The church was born that day. And from that moment forward, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ shook Rome, shook the known world, and has made a mark on planet earth and revolutionized the earth ever since. Now, follow me today. Turning Point Church is a part of that church. Can you say with me, I'm a part of that church. Turning Point Church is a part of the church that was born way back 21 centuries ago on the day of Pentecost. We're a part of that church. And God has a purpose for our church. Why are we here? Well, we're here to be a force. We're here to be an influence. We are here to be a testimony. We're here to be a light. Jesus said, you're the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth. Where a light shines, darkness is erased, chased away. And where there is salt, there is a preservative. The church is to be a preservative from evil and a light to the world. The world that we're living in right now, ladies and gentlemen, is plunged in the grossest darkness. And what is needed is a light. And God said, my church is a light. And my church is salt. And if my church shines with my glory, and if my church is salty with my presence, then my church will cancel Satan's assignments my church will usher people into the kingdom of God. My church will be a testimony in the earth. My church will subdue the devil, put its foot on the devil's head, and conquer where the enemy has been conquering. My church. But now, here's the deal. We're going to have to keep our eye on the ball. We're going to have to keep our eye on our purpose. The moment we lose our purpose, then we cease to be functional and we cease to be effective. I remember in the 1992 uh, vice presidential debates, never forget it, Admiral James Stockdale, if you remember it, Ross Perot was running as an independent, and Admiral James Stockdale, who was a very, very fine man, was brought into a vice presidential debate, and when he stood there on national television in front of millions and millions of people, and people were wondering whether or not to go with this independent party. It was October 13th in Atlanta, Georgia. Stockdale infamously opened up his statements on worldwide television with two questions. He said, who am I and why am I here? Now, those are great questions, but they weren't great questions for a vice presidential candidate who should have known why he was there and who he was. But you know what? I've always thought that those were two great questions. And let me tell you something about those questions. Whether you can or cannot answer those two questions over your own life is going to decide where you are five years from now. Now I'm going to ask you those two questions. Who are you and why are you here? Who are you and why are you here? If you can't answer that, are you ready? You don't have purpose. Because purpose comes from knowing who you are 
and why you're here. Now, I want to answer those two questions for our church today. Who we are and why you're sitting in a chair in Turning Point Church. The first question is easy to answer. Who are you? You are the blood-bought, spirit-filled, raised from the dead, victorious church of the living God. That's who you are. Now, second question. Why are you here? Why are you in one of these chairs? Why are we at Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas? What is our purpose? Why has God planted us right here on 35 and Garden Acres in Fort Worth, Texas? And why are you sitting in here? What is your purpose here? Are you just warming a chair? Are you just coming to hear a, a message? Are you here just because of a whim? Because somebody brought you? Why are you here? I want to share with you why this church is here. And I'm going to do it by sharing our five-fold purpose. And I want you to catch this now. Turning point purpose is five-fold. And I'm going to put them up here so you can make the notes. And I hope you do. And I don't want you to ever forget this. I want you to be where if somebody says to you, what is the purpose of your church? You could rip these things off. One right after the other. Because this is why we are here. We're not wondering why we're here. We're not guessing why we're here. This is why we're here. Say with me, we are here to celebrate God's presence. Through worship. Read the next one with me. And to... I'm going to get you all talking yet today. All right. We're here to celebrate God's presence, communicate God's word. Read the next one demonstrate God's love through ministry. The next one, educate God's people through discipleship. And the next one, incorporate God's family through fellowship. Now let me talk to you briefly about every one of these, each one, because this is why we are in this building, why we're growing south, why God planted us here, and it was supernatural. Let's talk about it. We're first here to celebrate God's presence. Through what, everyone? Worship. Jesus told his disciples something very important, and I want you to catch this. Jesus said, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, if Jesus tells me I can do something, then I need to do it. And what did he say? Worship God. You're not to worship anything else. Anything else that we worship is an idol. We are to worship God. And then Jesus told the woman at the well... The Father seeks what, everyone? He seeks worshipers. And His worshipers must worship Him in spirit and in truth. That means we are to worship God through the person of Jesus Christ. That's how we're to worship God. <clears throat> and Jesus told this woman at the well, who actually was a prostitute, took her aside and said, let me tell you what God's looking for. He's looking for people who will worship Him. He's looking for people who will lift their hands and give Him the glory. He's looking for people who will sing not just about Him, but to Him. He's looking for worshipers. Is it an amazing thought to you, like it is to me, that the mighty God is on the hunt for something? That God Almighty is seeking something? That the eye of the Lord is moving to and fro throughout the whole earth? that he might discover something. What is God looking for? The Bible says he's looking for two things. Those who will worship him 
and he's seeking to save what was lost. <clears throat> That's it. If you want to know what God's doing, God is looking to save the lost. He's seeking to save the lost. And he's seeking people who will worship him. Now, I don't know about you, but I want God to look at Turning Point and say, Ah, well, I found what I was looking for. I found what I was looking for. <clears throat> there it is. So our purpose is to worship God. You know, when we come to church at Turning Point, this is why we say we, we are here to celebrate God's presence. When we come to church at Turning Point, we come excited about worship. Our services are not marked by dead religious ritual, but by a spirit of celebration. Do you know what King David said? King David said, when they said to me, let's go to the house of God, my heart leaped for joy. Now there's another way to put that. Another version says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Now, here's the way some people do. I was sad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Or I was disappointed when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. You know why people feel that way? Because when they go to the house of the Lord, the Lord of the house is not there. There is no Lord in the house. They're not being spoken to. They're not being set free. They're not being healed. They're not being delivered. They don't sense his presence. They can ice skate to their chairs because there's no heat. There's no spiritual fire. There's no love. There's no life. Anybody hearing me today? But see, when you know, hey, we're going to go where God's presence is celebrated, and we're going to get in there, and we're going to sing to the Lord, and we're going to rejoice in our Savior. We're going to bless His name. We're going to shout unto Him with a voice of triumph. We are going to worship God, and then we're going to see God move in the house. We're going to see God touch people, save people, heal people. And I know that I'm going to hear a word that edifies me, strengthens me, and strengthens my faith. Then you get up and say, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. So say to me, our purpose, celebrate God's presence through worship. Now the second thing that our purpose is all about is communicating God's word through evangelism. If you read our statement of faith on the webpage, you go to our new webpage and read the statement of faith. Or you get the handout that we provide at the connection point. Here's what you're going to find that number five of our statement of faith says. Here's our statement of faith. We believe that whoever will confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart God raised him from the dead, they shall be saved. That's number five in our statement of faith. We believe if you don't come to Christ, you are lost. That's why Jesus said, God is seeking to save what was lost. And so we believe that salvation is in the person of Jesus Christ. It's in our statement of faith. And you go on, down to number eight in our statement of faith. And it says, we believe that every Christian, every Christian, every Christian is called to share the good news of God's kingdom. That means you, that means you, that means you, that means you. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, I'm messing up too much to share. You're never going to be perfect. Get with it. You're never going to arrive. 
You're never going to wake up and say, well, I'm where I really need to be to share my faith. Listen, it says be instant in season and be instant out of season. Be ready at all times to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. Because out there, you know, we're told all the time that America is forsaking Christianity, that America is drifting. And I believe that there is a big chunk of America that has gone totally reprobate. But I've also come to see that when you share Jesus Christ, people are interested. I was standing in, in, in my living room just recently, and somebody came over to visit me and Kathy, young lady, and who's not saved. And I went in there and said hello to her, and next thing I know, she's asking me about eternity, asking me about God, asking me about salvation, asking me about what happens when somebody dies. And I took her to Romans 10, the verse we just read. And I said, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And before I knew it, right there in my living room, I'm having church. It's happened to me over and over recently. People have been over the church, over my house working, which has become a church. And as they're working, I share my faith. And I find these construction workers are always wanting to hear about Christ. And they've got questions. And so we believe that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus, you will be saved. And if you're here for long, you're going to sense an urgency about soul winning. The reason for that is found in number nine of our statement of faith. We believe in the imminent return of Jesus Christ, who will come to rule as king upon the earth with the saints. Can I give you a newsflash, church? Jesus is near. He is right at the door. Jesus is about to come back again. All the prophetic signs are pointing to it. And if you're not saved, and if you miss that appearance of Jesus Christ, what a bad, horrible, nightmarish day that'll be. And so we are zealous to testify of Jesus. Does anybody feel that way with me? I mean, we're not sitting back, just kind of sitting, soaking, and souring, looking like we were baptized in pickle juice, just kind of trying to get by. Well, pastor, I'd share my faith, but I've just got so much going on in my own life. News flash. Reach out to somebody and your problems will shrink. So, we exist to communicate the gospel. Now, here's our third purpose. For being right here in this building today and you're sitting in a chair why are you here to demonstrate God's love through ministry is the third purpose of this church to demonstrate God's love through ministry can I ask you a question today how many of you believe that God is a God of love God is a God of love how many of you are thankful that this week his love was poured out on your heart by the Holy Ghost which is given unto you how many of you how many of you this week needed the love of God poured out on your heart? How many of you needed the blood to forgive you? How many of you needed His power to strengthen you? How many of you needed His wisdom to guide you? All right, we are to share that reality through ministry. Jesus said in John 13, 35, By this and this alone shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love 
for one another. They won't know it by your big buildings. They won't know it by your money. They won't know it by your cars. They won't know it by your education. They won't know it by your charisma. They know you are His by your love. That's it. They look to see if you have love for one another. Now, do you know what the word ministry means? Ministry simply means to serve another. That's what ministry means, to serve another. Now, at Turning Point, we believe that every member is a minister. Can you say that with me? Every member is a minister. Say it again. Every member is a minister. Now, look at your neighbor and say, that means you. Now, turn to the other side and tell them too. We believe that every member is, well, wait a minute, Pastor, aren't you the minister? No, I'm the equipper. You're the minister. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the equipping of these saints, that's you, to do the work of ministry, that's you. You are to be getting equipped to do the work of ministry, and that is one of our purposes for being here. We believe every member is a minister. Listen to what Peter said in 1 Peter 4.10. God has given each of you a gift. God has given every one of you a gift. And why? From his great variety of spiritual gifts. He said, use them well for what reason? Say it with me. To serve one another. So when you got saved, God gave you a gift. I don't care who you are. God gave you a gift. When you got saved, you got gifted. You say, well, I don't feel very gifted. Well, you haven't discovered it yet. But God gave you a gift. And so you are to be serving one another with that spiritual gift. I'm seeing people all around us find their gifts. They are beginning to operate in their callings. They are finding that they have got a, a, a desire on the inside that God has placed there, something that just naturally comes to them in the spiritual arena. It can be prayer. It can be, it can be taking food to somebody. It can be counseling. It can be witnessing. It can be teaching. It can be so many things. You saw two people up here on the screen a moment ago who are lay people. They're out there. They have their normal 40-hour-a-day or 40-hour-a-week uh, jobs. And yet, they teach the saints, and the saints are blessed. There is a teacher in you. There is a witness in you. There is a prayer in you. There is a giver in you. There are miracles in you. Something God put in you is there. And we are to serve one another with it. Paul wrote the same thing. He said in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 5, he said there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. But the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. All of you together form the one body of Christ. All of you together form the one body of Christ. And each of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Do you feel necessary for this church body? Now, no, Pastor, I really don't feel very necessary. I come here on Sunday morning. Every once in a great while, I make it Wednesday nights. 
And I just kind of sit here and, and I worship and I praise and then I leave and go on to the house. And no, I don't feel real necessary. Do you know that that's not true? That the Bible says every single member of the body is necessary for it to be healthy. The toes attached to the foot, the foot to the ankle, the ankle to the leg. You got to have fingers attached to a hand, a hand attached to an arm. You got to have eyes in the sockets of the skull. You got to be able to see, hear, taste, touch, smell, operate, function. And every one of you have been divinely and sovereignly placed in the body with at least one gift as it has pleased the Spirit. And Paul said, when everybody starts giving what God has given them to give, the body begins to grow and to begin to flourish. Amen. So notice, Christianity is not a spectator sport. Each and every believer has been given a gift by the Holy Spirit by which we're to demonstrate God's love through ministry. Well, I think this is going to soak in today. I want you to go home and pray about it. I think we're going to give the CDs for $2 instead of 3 maybe even free. Just tell them you don't have any money, but you need the CD and you need to hear this again. Well, Pastor, I wanted to be told that I'm going to be rich. Or I just wanted to get some goosebumps today. This isn't giving me goosebumps. This is making me feel like I ought to be doing something. <laughs> Good. Our fourth purpose for being here is to educate God's people through discipleship. We are all about discipling. Do you know that we've got a vision starting with babies all the way to the end? We're going to disciple people in this church. We are here to educate God's people through discipleship. What's discipleship? It's the call to follow Jesus' teachings faithfully. A disciple is a follower, a student, a learner. That's what a disciple is. Can I tell you something today? The reason a lot of Christians don't get free is because they never become disciples. A disciple wakes up and says, Lord, I'm a blank slate. Teach me. Teach me how to view the world. Teach me how to treat people. Teach me how to act in my marriage. Teach me how to raise my kids. Teach me how to stay morally pure. Teach me how to walk with God. Teach me how to come to know you more and more. Teach me how to grow spiritually. Help me to become an adult. Teach me to quit being childlike or childish and grow up into the fullness of the stature of Christ. Teach me, Lord. I am at your feet. I'm a Mary. Teach me. That's what a disciple is. John 8, Jesus said to those Jews that believed on him, he said, you are truly my what? Say it again, my disciples, if you remain, what? Faithful to my teachings. If you're not faithful to Jesus' teachings, you're not a disciple. Now look what he said will happen to disciples. Read the next part with me, would you? And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Who gets free? Disciples. Why? Because they're obeying the Word of God. They're faithfully following His teachings. And they find out that as I follow the teachings of Jesus, I get free. No fringe Christianity, no one foot in, one foot out, 
But disciple is totally sold out, and that's the person who begins to get free. Let me ask you a question. Are you a disciple? Are you a disciple? Many professing Christians never experience the freedom of Christ because they don't become disciples of His. They're just kind of there, kind of not, kind of in, kind of out. One foot, little toe in the water, walking around the edges, never really come in. Oh, I encourage you to be a disciple. That's why we're here. Jesus didn't say, go and make Christians of all nations. Did you know that? Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. And how is this done? You baptize them in water. That's the first thing you do. And then you teach these new disciples. Well, what do you teach them? What I teach you. Discipleship teaching focuses on obedience. Jesus said, you teach them to obey all the commands I have given you. That's the teaching that ought to be going on in a church. And that's why we're here. Teaching you not just to kind of kind of be there and kind of not, but come all the way in, dive in, give your whole life to Jesus, and then obey His Word at every turn. Obey Him in your marriage. Obey Him in your morals. Obey Him in what you look at. And obey Him in where you go. Obey Him in how you treat people. Obey the Lord, and He's going to set you free. Turning Point Church begins the discipleship process from early childhood forward. We are a discipling church. And then the last thing we do, incorporate God's family through fellowship. Incorporate God's family through fellowship. This is where life groups enter the picture. The heartbeat of TPC is our small groups ministry. At least once a month, we meet in homes all over the Fort Worth area for fellowship, worship, teaching, and bonding. Now let me show you something. Here's how the Bible describes the early church. And you tell me if this is what you want. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, which was, this is our temple, and breaking bread from house to house. Look, they met in the temple. They met in the homes. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. And every day their number grew as God added those who were what? saved look at the adjectives describing this church and you tell me if you want it gladness exuberant joy filled with praise highly successful at soul winning describe the early church get-togethers tpc is always looking for ways to bring people together to fellowship because when you fellowship there is gladness there is joy and you know what? As you fellowship, others see it, and they say, that's what I was looking for at the bars. I had somebody tell me one time, I don't go to church because I, I have more fellowship at the bar, even though you can't remember it the next day. What a sad statement. I get more fellowship at the bar. Hey, how you know? I'm just, uh, well, uh. Fellowship? You don't even remember their name. But God says, that's only a counterfeit for what I've got for you at the church of the living God. Fellowship. Fellowship with one another. Fellowship that builds your faith. Fellowship that causes other people to want what you have. So let's stand together and we're going to say it. I want you to know our purpose.
Are you ready? And I want everybody to read with me, okay? Here we go. Our purpose is fivefold. Say it. Celebrate God's presence through worship. Communicate God's word through evangelism. Demonstrate God's love through ministry. Educate God's people through discipleship. And incorporate God's family through fellowship. Give him a hand of praise, can you? That's why we're here. And so, Pastor, why'd you share this today? Here's why. Because this fivefold purpose is the ball that we've got to keep our eyes on and not be distracted, not be sidetracked, not be sidelined. But we keep our eye on that purpose. And you know what I believe? We're just a couple of weeks away, a few weeks away from school starting again. Everybody back from vacation. And I believe God has powerful things for our church. But watch this. One of the devil's greatest attack tactics against a church is to get them sidetracked from their purpose. And I can't tell you how often I've had to say to myself, Jeff, what's your purpose? Get back to it. Get back to it. And don't be sidetracked. And if we will focus on that purpose, listen, we're going to be blessed. We're going to be influential. We're going to be successful in reaching multitudes for Jesus Christ. And we're going to produce much spiritual fruit. If we keep our eyes on the ball, our purpose. I want us to pray together. How many of you can say, Pastor, I'm with you in that purpose? Let me see you. All right. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you right now that we know why we're here. We don't wonder. We know why we're here. And Lord, we've got a purpose that you have placed in our hands. And I pray that every person in this sanctuary will realize they are needed, they are a necessary part of it, and we need them and they need us to fulfill the purpose. So I pray unity sits on this house. Unity reigns in this house. And you will help us at the end of this year, we'll be able to look back, Lord, and say, we stayed with that ball. We stayed with that purpose. And God has done great things. In Jesus' name. Now, will you breathe a prayer and say, Lord, help me to find my place and be a part of this purpose.